for some some of us guys, you know, in those situations, every time we interact, it's like a little Band-Aid, right? It's just, oh, it was healing and now it's ripped off. It's healing. Oh, wait, there was something in the way she said that. Like, oh, maybe, like she said, am I available Saturday? And then right my whole week, my just shoop, suddenly orient around, okay, holy shit, I got to be ready in case she wants to hang out Saturday. Happy New Year. One of my intentions for the new year is to incorporate more of you and your experiences into the podcast. So if you haven't yet heard, I have something called the Big Sexy Data Set, which is the conglomeration of all of my listeners and clients and anyone else who wants to be involved in my sex research. If you're interested in joining the Big Sexy Data Set, just email me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com and say, add me to the Big Sexy Data Set. And every once in a while, it's going to be more frequent in 2021, I will send out a survey about something with respect to sex, dating, or relationships, and then I will craft an episode around that. I have a really cool idea for one coming up. So if you can, please join. I would love to have you. Again, just email me at dearmanpodcast at gmail.com and just say, add me to the big sexy data set. All survey responses are kept anonymous and confidential. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. This one is inspired by some of the men in our program and a really good conversation that we had on our one of our weekly calls. And I thought it was so compelling. I wanted to do an episode about it. So welcome back to the podcast, Jason Lang. Always love to have you here. Always excited to return. So today we are tackling the question, should you stay friends with her? And of course, it's a, a sort of vague her in title. But what I have seen repeatedly is the the question of, should I stay friends with an ex-girlfriend? Should I stay friends with the woman I went on two dates with from Bumble and she said she wasn't interested, but, you know, should I stay friends with her? Or the woman I've been relating with for six to nine months in this class I'm taking, I don't, I'm not sure if she's interested, I don't know, but I want to stay friends just in case. All of those, we're sort of covering that whole range of events and um, I have lots to say on this, but I'm curious to hear from you about your past when it comes to staying friends with women that you were pretty sure you weren't going to have a sexual relationship with, but who you were interested in having a sexual relationship with. So like that dynamic of you're pretty sure she doesn't want to have sex with you. You would like to have sex with her. I mean, you'd like to be friends with her too, but you would like to be more than friends what, what has been your experience in that sort of arena? Yeah, for me, um, personally, it, it, it just never really works. <laughs> That's just the kind of the short of it. And what I mean by worked is like, um, it, it never took me in a direction that led to more positivity in my life, personally. And Sometimes that was a mix of 
still kind of being hung up, but maybe thinking I wasn't and noticing, you know, even this friendship was still occupying a lot of attention in my life, a lot of energy in my life. Um, and sometimes it was just a matter of particularly with some um, exes, you know, earlier in my journey, the impulse was to stay friends because, you know, someone who I shared a significant part of my life with, even if it was a shorter term thing, an impactful experience. And of, of course, I would want to stay connected to them. Um, and the sequencing of that one often turned out to be quite wrong in terms of like when that was possible would be something that the just when that can authentically be something true, um, I tended to get wrong thinking I could just stay friends with um, partners afterwards and that, you know, it'd be okay for me and it would be okay for her. Um, so it, for me, you know, <laughs> as someone who had my history of super crushes for frequent listeners that, that knew particularly earlier, you know, in my, my high school kind of experience, usually it was kind of a drawn out thing, like kind of being interested in women, maybe pursuing her from a distance, then maybe kind of getting close into some friend energy and then expressing my feelings and then they're not met and then kind of trying to keep that going for a little while before, before realizing like, oh yeah, actually this isn't working for me. And it's actually starting to get a little uncomfortable for her. Yeah. Several things come to mind about what you said, but I think that the cost is, is, is something that I'd like to address. So I'm going to tell a story from my history uh, I had a major, major crush on this guy in high school. We'll call him Chris. Huge crush. I mean, we're talking like big crush, like really liked this guy. And it became increasingly apparent to me that he liked this other girl in our group and not me. And I was really sad and I really wanted him. I was like, you know, like, I really liked this guy. I guess I just want to, this was not like a passing thing. Like I really, really liked him. And when I sort of became aware that he liked this other girl, I remember having a conversation with him in this, like we were part of a peer counseling program and we were like in the PC room, the peer counseling room. And he was, he was kind of like, uh, I forget what her name was. It was like Becky or something. He was like, uh, you know, do you think, do you think Becky like notices me or do you think Becky, whatever. So he's talking about Becky and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't believe that I'm listening to my crush talk about another girl. And I just remember like feeling depressed and kind of annoyed. And then I sort of, from that moment on, like from that, that was like a turning point conversation for me where I was like, this is so painful I don't want to be exposed to this anymore. And so I stopped going to the peer counseling room. I stopped going to the places around campus I knew he would be. I kind of like removed myself from that relationship. I didn't cut him out of my life. I wasn't like, I never want to see you again. It wasn't dramatic, but it was a conscious choice that I made to spare myself pain and suffering. And I guess the... I feel like there's this, this cost that happens. What, you know, you mentioned t 
time and energy that you had been putting into relationships like this. And I think that it seems to me like a lot of our guys, when we were having this conversation, they, they weren't necessarily thinking about the cost to them, right? They were thinking about, well, I want some kind of connection or I, I, I should want to be friends or some kind of, I guess I'm wondering if you can elucidate that a little bit, because to me, it was almost instinctual and it was painful. It was painful. It was like, Oh God, I, cause I, there was a part of me that wanted to see him, right? Oh, I want to go to the yep. peace room so that I can see him. But there was this other part of me that was like, essentially setting a boundary that was like, that's not good for us. It doesn't feel good to be around because my experience was sort of continual rejection. Like every yep. time he was talking about this other girl, I felt kind of rejected. And I knew cognitively he wasn't actively rejecting me, right? He liked this other girl and he was talking about it. He didn't, he wasn't trying to cause me harm, but harm was, was happening to me. And so I had to set a boundary to save myself hurt and pain. And I'm wondering, you know, it seems like we've come across a lot of guys who um, there's, there's something that's overriding that there's something that's overriding that. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to what are some things that might override that, that sort of natural sense of, of wanting to push someone away. And again, not cutting them out, not being rude to them, not sort of being a dick, but just, a healthy boundary. That's like, this, this is not good for me actually. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of different things for one. So it's going to be a little different for every guy, but in some of the things I've experienced and I think we've witnessed and guys we've supported um, on the one hand, there is, you know, for guys like me who kind of walked the nice guy path and, you know, the, the nice guy syndrome we've kind of talked about before of um, not wanting to be lumped in with the kind of the caveman, the that guy, right? Something we've talked about a lot. The guy who's just out to use a woman for sex. So I'm not that. I want her to know I'm not that. So the best way for her to know I'm not that is to let her know I'm happy to be friends with her even if we can't have sex, right? So then- that's so important what you just said, because what you're speaking to is my identity around being a good guy, that yep. my identity around being a good guy is so important to me that I will sacrifice my own well-being in order to preserve that. And it's a perception, right? This isn't actually necessarily the case, but it's, I don't want to be seen as that guy. That is so motivating to not be seen as that guy that I will continually place myself around someone where I feel kind of rejected a lot of the time that I'm hanging out with this person so that I'm not seen as that guy. Is that guy. And this ties into, uh, this can also tie into some of the covert contract stuff we've talked about before. Um, you know, another layer of this is nice guys sometimes tend to attract um, women who have been with not so nice guys. Right. And so there's a feeling of, Oh, if she just gets to know, that I'm not into her for that, like those other guys were, eventually she's going to like me or open. So I, I think sometimes there can, you know, be a little bit of that covert contract running underneath that. Well, if I prove to her by just staying friends with her and valuing our friendship and being okay with that, then at some point she's going to be like, oh, he's different. 
and I, I want to connect with him. Maybe I do want to be sexual with him. Maybe I'm attracted to him. Um, so I think that's one of the things that can be running in the background for some of our guys. Um, for some of them, I don't think, I think there's a, just a should that I should be able to just be friends with anyone, right? I should be stronger than my sexual urge or impulse and that, um, you know, this is something I've heard before. I should be able to just get over my feelings. Like, right. Like sometimes in a matter of days or weeks after maybe I've, I've made a pass at a, at a woman or communicated that I'm interested and, um, and then she doesn't reciprocate. There's like, well, I should just be able to get over that because, Hey, here's this great person who does want to connect with me. Um, and if I don't do that, then again, maybe there's some kind of shame or there's something wrong with me or, or something like that. Um, the other thing that this isn't true for all men, but some of the men certainly that have come through our program, uh, particularly for men that haven't had a lot of experience of having other good male connection in their life, um, you know, whether it's kind of bro culture, locker room culture that you were exposed to, maybe there can be an actual experience that some guys have had of, well, it's not safe to talk to guys about like my feelings and stuff. And, and I have feelings. I'm not like those cavemen. Like I need to talk about my feelings. Oh, I feel comfortable talking about my feelings with women and Hey, yeah, I'm interested in her. And we kind of have this nice emotional connection going on. So that should be enough, right? Even, even though I have these sexual feelings, that should be enough because she still wants to connect with me like that. Um, and I think that can leave a, guy, a lot of guys feeling a little stuck or trapped uh, if they don't have, you know, what I would argue, solid male connection in their life that they can be getting some of that um, emotional need met by. So those are a couple of the things, you know, uh, that just come to mind. The, the the identity piece, you know, I don't want to be that guy kind of holding on to hope. Um, and then the, well, I should be able to just get onto my, get over my feelings. And I don't really have anywhere else I can get this kind of connection, you know? So, so yeah, I'm going to stay with her, even though for some, some of us guys, you know, in those situations, every time we interact, it's like a little band-aid, right? It's just, Oh, it was healing. And now it's ripped off. It's healing. Oh, wait, there was something in the way she said that like, Oh, maybe like she said in my available Saturday and then right. My whole week might just shoop, suddenly orient around. Okay. Holy shit. I gotta be ready in case she wants to hang out Saturday. That's kind of what I was talking about, about like energy and, and mental presence as well. That, um, for for me, oftentimes the trying to stay friends with a woman, um, the level of rumination that came along with that just had a high cost in my life. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about this in terms of the the high school guy, and there was a lot of grief attached to choosing to no longer go to the places on campus where I knew I'd see him because I... I just was really grieving that. Like I really, really liked him. I liked seeing him and all that stuff. And it took a, a while for that grief to, to be processed. Um, but it's interesting because it also sort of, to your point, I was like, Oh wow, I have a lot more time now 
Because I'm not, you know, wondering about this weekend and stuff. Like I, I had weirdly like more time than I knew what to do with. And I think that was, you know, partly filled with grieving, but also mental bandwidth. And this was something mm-hmm. that came up on the call where we were talking about it with the men was it's not just mental bandwidth. It's also actual physical plans, right? So if you're a man um, staying friends with a woman that it's not going to happen with, right? You're not going to be in a relationship with woman, with this particular woman, but you want a relationship in your life, right? It's different if you're not in a place where you want a relationship, but let's say you're a man, you're like, I want a sexual relationship. I want to be with a woman where we're having sex and we're friends, we're dating. I really like her. She really likes me. She's into me. I want that. That's what I want. Well, if you're hanging out with this other woman all the time that you're friends with, you're, you're, going to a movie on Saturday. You went to an art show earlier in the week. You just, you, she was having a hard day. So you went over and gave her a foot rub and and made her dinner, whatever it is. Those are all nights and events that you're not doing something else. So just in a strictly sort of time perspective, it's like, again, there's a sacrifice that's being made for, to preserve this friend relationship that has a cost. And I guess that's part of why I wanted to do this episode because to me, um, I don't want men to get stuck. I don't want guys to get stuck in this place where they, they're, they're being kind of like half fed by these sort of friendships. But there's this missing thing. There's this deep longing that they have. There's this deep desire for this other thing. And, and this isn't really fulfilling it. It's like, a, it's, like a, um, yep. it's like a sugary snack or something instead of a meal. It's like, I'm craving this meal, but this is here. So like, at least this is here. And it, 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 it just, I just don't want men to get stuck. So I'm wondering, you know, in your, in your journey, do you feel like there was a point? I mean, I'm guessing it was doing the work. I'm guessing it was personal growth and development, but do you, do you feel like there was a point where you kind of woke up to the cost of these friendships? Was there a moment where you were like, Oh, wow. I need to sort of stop this pattern. This isn't, this isn't serving me. Yeah. I mean, in, in high school and college, I think the the cost I realized, I mean, I didn't necessarily realize it during those times, <laughs> truth be told, it's kind of more of a postscript uh, noticing of it is like my rumination with those, the, those crushes, so to speak, I, I wasn't available to like pursue other things, right? My, my, my vision kind of closed down. So I, I just wasn't like, I wasn't going to as many parties. I wasn't going to as many things, you know, I would subtly make myself available and try to orient into the same spaces, you know, as crushes or women I had, uh, were interested in, but we were kind of just staying friends. So for me, um, it just became a, a matter of, you know, waking up to the resources of it. And, you know, this deep idea, we work with a lot of our guys of honoring self and, okay, what's, what do I need? What's my integrity around this? Um, and the realization that like, it's okay. Like it's kind of just a simple thing, but like, oh, it's okay to not stay friends with someone who I'm interested in that isn't interested in me back. It's okay to not stay friends with an ex. Like it, it's actually okay that it doesn't make me a bad person, right? I, th- I think as that started to dawn, 
on me. Um, like the amount of relief around that w- was big in that, oh, okay. Um, you know, part of my identity piece of this, we, we talked about a little bit with the kind of nice guy thing was the, because I didn't feel in my power, in my masculine and in touch with my sexuality, there was a way I subtly judged that in others who had it. Right. And so one of the ways I would kind of try to, it's hard to explain, but like, you know, I'm a dude. So rank myself above those people was, well, I'm the like chivalrous white knight. Who's just okay. Being friends in cool with like platonic love. Right. Like I'm above all that. Um, and that had some really high costs and was hurting me, you know, quite, 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 quite truthfully. So realizing that, um, like, oh, all that stuff is actually super important to me. <laughs> if I'm going to be, you know, not to sound crass, but like, if I'm going to be investing that much time into a relationship, I want to have my sexual needs met. Like, cause you know, cause for me, as I got older, I was getting a lot of the other pieces met by male friends. So, you know, it was like, well, what is this relationship bringing me that I'm not already getting in other areas of my life? And sex and sexuality and that type of intimacy was the number one thing, right? Like a big, big piece of that. I think that's really wise what you said about getting right with that, just that piece. Because I, I, I would imagine if I were a guy hearing that, I'd be like, oh, well, isn't that selfish to want that? Isn't it selfish? Or isn't it, what's the word? Like, uh... I don't know, like bad to be like, well, I want to get my sexual needs met, right? Just that I can, I can feel the sort of like resistance of like, well, isn't that, yeah, exactly. Like, isn't that bad? Isn't that, doesn't that just mean you just want sex? And it's like, it doesn't mean you just want sex, but it means you want sex. It's like, it's okay to want sex. It's healthy to want sex. If you're looking for a sexual relationship, right? I want to be in a relationship where we're having sex it's okay to want sex. Like, cause part of, you know, I've, I've had this experience as well. And I, I definitely feel like there's a certain amount of guilt where I'll go on a date or two with a guy and realize I'm not sexually interested in him, have to have the conversation. And then there's a part of me that's like, but we should stay friends. Like we should, st- I should want to stay friends with him. We should stay friends. We should still hang out. And it's like, why, what is, what is that social pressure? And I think that part of it comes from a really good place, which is, I don't want to only see your value to me as whether we're going to have sex or not. I want to see you as a whole human being. And I want to honor you as a whole human being. I don't want it to just be, well, I don't want to bang you. So there's no value in us connecting. And I think that there honestly are true friendships that have formed from quote unquote failed sexual connections, right? Where one person's interested and the other person's not. I have those in my life. I have genuine mm-hmm. friends where either I wasn't interested or he wasn't interested, but we, we did stay friends. I think the, the point here is choice around it, choice around yeah. it and consciousness around it, right? If it is someone that you're into and they're not into you and it, every time you see them, there's a tug or there's, like you said, it's like ripping off the mandate again. That's something that you probably want to evaluate because that cost, that sacrifice that you're making 
you know, I, I hear this again and again from men who tend to feel used. Mm-hmm. I really, I feel a lot of compassion for men in that position. And I, I want to encourage them to have stronger boundaries. If there's a way that you repeatedly feel used, I'm going to suggest that there may be a boundary that you haven't been setting that is setting you up to feel used, right? If you're not setting boundaries, you know, and it's easy for the other person to receive from you, but you're not setting boundaries around what actually works for you and where you feel hurt and where you don't, it's not really that other person's fault. That's not how that works. It's not that you've set a boundary and they're repeatedly crossing it. And if that is the case, that's another reason for you to not be around that person. But more, more, more of the time, I think it's that there hasn't even been a boundary set. And yeah. you know, this part of, you know, well, isn't it selfish for me to say, well, if I don't want to have sex with her, that means I don't want to be friends with her. Isn't that wrong? Isn't that bad? Doesn't that make me that guy? What would you yeah say to that i'm curious if a man were to actually ask you yeah i, I would say no <laughs> yeah, um in that you know like with all this stuff again it's it, sometimes it's sequencing it's like oh there could be a valuable friendship there but you know oftentimes for me when i have been in those types of situations it doesn't really truly relax in that until both of us have our attention and are maybe in something else right? Then there's like a, it's different. Um, Same thing, I think, with exes and the like, should I stay connected? Uh, For me, you know, it's just a totally different energy when an ex is like in another relationship and established, and I'm in another relationship and established. And it's like, that loop is very closed. So it's, it's a different to, you know, engage with them. And that, and sometimes it takes time, like no contact, healing, separation, uh, for that to kind of to kind of close, I mean, close it off. always takes time. I think that's what yeah. you mean by the sequencing thing. Is that I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of the men that we worked with where they want to do the friend thing right away. They're, yeah, they're like, in we're going to stay friends, and it's like, yeah, except this that separation that you just described, the time part to grieve and to heal and to you know, come back to yourself. Cause a lot of us lose ourselves in relationship totally. time. There's you can't, it's like trying to force a flower to open up. You can't force the flower to open up. It has to actually do its thing. And I think healing is much like that. So it, you know, it's like, sometimes it takes time. It's like, it usually takes time, especially if it was serious. And by serious, I don't necessarily mean that it was a serious relationship, but if you were serious about that other person, right? If you were really into them, you know, the super crushes that you had, Jason, like they were real to you. You were having an experience. She might not have been aware of it, but you were having a whole experience. I would consider something like that serious, right? It would take time for you to kind of get over it. It's not like, well, just, you know, devoted nine months of my life obsessing about this person. Now I'm over it. Like, that's not really how that works. Totally. Um, you know, the, the other thing I want to make sure to get in here that it might be a little edgier, but sometimes I do, you know, uh, challenge some men around, um, you know, maybe there's someone they're attracted to and then there's not that immediate connection, but then there's that, well, I should be friends cause 
I'm not that guy that just wants to be with women for sex um, is uh, this piece around like, would you really be developing that friendship if you weren't attracted to her? It's a simple question. And, you know, it in itself can feel like a rude question. Like, would you be interested in being her friend if you didn't want to fuck her? You know, I've, I've had to like go there with some guys and some of them, it's really uncomfortable to get to the, well, actually no, like, cause there, I guarantee there's other women probably in your life who maybe you don't feel as attractive that you're not investing that much energy in, but who maybe just as interesting or emotionally connected or able to, you know, fulfill some of those pieces for you as much. And Again, if the answer to that is, um, you know, no, I wouldn't be investing that much in it. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. I think it's just kind of acknowledging it and being okay with it for what it is. I'm interested in this woman, right? I'm sexually interested. I'm attracted to her. I don't want it to just be an emotional connection. I want it to be, you know, for a lot of our guys, they want it to be an emotional connection with a sexual connection right? They want to have both. They're not just the, I just want to get another notch on my belt type, but having both is super different from just having one, from just having the emotional piece and then finding you're, you're, you're frustrated or you're still single after a couple of years because you've had all your energy wrapped up in this other person. Um, then, you know, on top of that, the other piece that uh, I've started to, you know, work with some guys around sometimes is, and what if tomorrow your ideal partner did show up and you became sexual and very close? Do you think she would be comfortable with you continuing, continuing to relate to this other woman at the same level and intensity? And that's a harder question from some guys to, to answer. And obviously, it's always going to depend on the exact partner you're with. But a lot of women, in my experience don't love the idea of a guy putting a lot of time and energy into a friendship of someone they know they're attracted to, right? Like it doesn't feel super good or f feel super safe for the new partner to know that like, wait, you're, you're, you're texting her. I thought, you know, didn't you ask her out at some point? Like, even though it's maybe just a friendship thing now. And that's, that's just another like kind of, um, clear inquiry to for, for some of you guys to ask yourselves of, you know, how would a new partner feel? How would I feel about my partner, like constantly texting someone else or that they have a deep relationship with, even though we're now dating? Yeah. And of course that's a hypothetical meaning, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that are like, Oh, well, if I started seeing someone, I would scale back. But I think that what you're getting at is, is it clean, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So if, if my new partner had a feeling like, oh, that, that doesn't, something about that doesn't just feel like a, why is that friendship with her? You have yeah. all these other people in your life, but why is she the one you're, you're doing this for or something? Because yeah. oftentimes there's still some of that leaky energy, right? Yeah. There's still some of that interest, some of that covert something going on there that, um, can sometimes be more apparent <laughs> on the outside to a new partner. Those are great 
Those are great questions. I, I really appreciate those as kind of a litmus test for, you know, how clean is this? How clean is this friendship? How clean is my energy around this friendship? And sort of to your point, I think there's a need that is getting met, I think, for a lot of guys in this situation. And sort of to your point, sometimes it's emotional support. Um, and, you know, again, to your point, it's like the, the, the point here is not to say, don't ever be friends with women. Like, don't be friends with any women. That's not the point. But it it is worth considering the landscape of your friendships. Do you have deep, reliable, heartfelt relationships with other men? Because there is, and I'm talking mostly for, you know, um, men who have sex with women, right? Men who identify as straight, who have sex with women. But even if you're queer and you have sex with both or you're pansexual, however you identify, there's, there's something important about being genuine friends, having genuine friends in your life where there is no attraction at all, regardless of what gender they are, but where that is not on the table, right? There's something, there's a way that two people can be close in a friendship that is simply not possible when one or both of them is interested sexually. There's just something about it. There's just something about that energy that sort of fucks with the space. I don't know what it is, but there's a, there's a kind of safety that happens with friends, deep friendships or in community that is different and it holds you in a different way. And it feels important. And I've seen it again and again in our guys that come through a program where when they start to get that deep nourishment from, you know, other men in the program or just being in a new community it's like that sort of need to be friends with her becomes less, um, what's the word, like addictive or like compulsive. It's like now there's more choice around it. There's more space around it. It does it. Because I think that this, there's this thing that happens where it's like, I remember talking to one of my guy friends who kind of identified as a nice guy. And I remember asking, like, why would you stay friends with this person that, you know, doesn't want you back, essentially? There it is. And he said something like, well, something's better than nothing. And if I, if I let go of this, I have nothing. And so there was this poverty, like a um, lack kind of feeling. And I scarcity. Yeah. I could feel when he described it, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm with you. If I was, you know, if I was in that position, I could totally see how it's like, fuck, something's definitely better than nothing. And, you know, I don't want that for our guys. I don't want that for anyone listening. I want, I want that man to have what he actually wants. I want him to have it all. I don't want him to have to sort of settle for scraps. Totally. That, that word settling, I think is really important that you don't have to settle. Like it's okay to want a partnership, a relationship where great sex is part of that. Like it's just totally okay. And I think if, if our, you know, some of the deeper work we help, our men with is, well, if our overall life is in a place where we feel okay, then it's harder to say no to the almost relationships, right? To, to the women that are, are connecting with us a little bit, but not all the way, right? Not in the ways that our heart's really yearning for that. Like, yeah, I want a sexual relationship with a partner. Um, and that the more we can kind of through networks of friends or other men or taking action in our life, 
you know, get to that place where we feel comfortable, um, the more we can start to say no to that pattern, right? Everyone, it's different for everyone, but we all kind of tend to have a pattern that constantly dangles itself <laughs> in front of us. That's almost what we want, right? We've talked about this. It's the the almost thing keeps showing up. If if almost this, almost this, almost this, and until we have the like deeper trust in ourselves and in the world uh, to say no to that, we'll keep getting that like little carrot dangled at us without actually getting what we want. But then when we finally like say no to that whole paradigm of, you know what, I'm okay with my life as it is. And if I'm going to enter into something, I want it to be full and deep and sexual and real. And when we can hold that boundary, you know, one way to think about a boundary is it, it creates space, right? It actually creates space that that person can then show up in our life. Right. And um, if our energy is wrapped up in all these almosts, it's just really hard to be available for that. That's a good, it kind of reminds me of soul retrieval, right? Like you're pulling back, you're pulling your life force back into you and bringing it all into you so that you can have sort of full power or full capacity and yeah, be able to attract from there. And I think the last thing that I wanted to touch on was just this idea of like keeping hope alive, like me, you know, maybe she'll like me back someday. Like you, you know, you referenced this and I've seen a number of our guys really hung up on an X. There's just like that X, you know, like that X. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I change myself in this way or that way, or I contort myself then she'll want me again or, um, and I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm wondering what your experience has been with that. Yeah. And if you could sort of just touch on like, what, what's happening there? What is that? What is that pattern? Um, I mean, it, the, the short of it I get into with a lot of guys is oftentimes when something like that happens, that's what fires something up in a man to reach out to us. Like, oh, this thing didn't work. And I want it to work. And not all the time, but for some of the guys, part of the drive behind that is, well, oh, if I go do all this work and transform myself and change, then it'll finally work out, right? And what I have to be pretty blunt about is if that's the reason you're doing it, it won't work. <laughs> if, you're, if you're changing yourself so you can be what she wants, that's probably not going to attract that person or re-bring that a partner back in your life. You have to do it for your sake to create the life you want independently. And it's a subtle difference, but it's a really powerful one. And when you can step into that of, you know what, I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to focus on myself and building the life that is right and in integrity for me. It's possible she'll come back. Sometimes we do have that with guys, right? They do all this work and suddenly they get a text out of the blue and someone like shows back up in their life. And then they have to decide, well, actually, do I want that now? Is that really the right relationship for me as the man I am now? Um, So, you know, that hope piece, I find tends to kind of, again, it takes some of that psychic energy and keeps guys trapped. And what I say is just to, just to kind of let it go for the time being and focus on yourself. Well, it's so interesting too, because I feel like 
for many of many of the men that I've witnessed have attracted something better, right? There, it's like there's this hang up on this person that the man attracted when he was at a different level of development. And then let's say he comes and he does a bunch of personal growth and he goes through our program and he chooses to grow in all of these different ways. He almost becomes a different version of himself. And at that point, he attracts a different kind of woman. And so sort of to your point, it's like, even if that a lot of the guys I've seen at the, at the end, they realize there were these sort of toxic elements of that relationship, or there was a way that they were, again, contorting themselves into something, maybe they, a person they didn't really want to be to try to please her, to try to get her to like them, that kind of thing. And, and after they've grown, they're like, I don't want to contort myself. <laughs> I want to actually just totally. be who I am and be in a healthy relationship. Uh, here so it's like i don't want to have to get her to like me exactly i don't want to have to get her to like me i want to be who i am and she likes me and then a partner likes me exactly i want to be who i am and a partner wants to have sex with me exactly (laughs) like but that's like a powerful place and it's a very fulfilling place that some of our guys i think just don't realize like they deserve that like that's actually just, you just totally deserve that to like not have to convince a woman or not have to be a certain way, but like, Hey, here's what I want. And here's who I am. And then she's like a yes to that. That's the most inspiring part. I think to me is to watch, watch men grow and become even fuller versions of themselves. I remember we got an email from one of our graduates and um, I'm going to like, I don't know, I'm going to like, just tear up thinking about it, but he said something like, I feel like I can finally be myself and that's the biggest gift. And I don't have to sort of try to be someone else with women. And I was really touched by that because I felt like that was kind of the whole point, (laughs) right? It's like, this isn't about changing yourself. It's actually about kind of becoming yourself even more like turning up the volume on who you are and, and all of who you are. I'm talking about your sexuality too. I'm talking about all of you, all the way down to your balls, not just parts, right, that you've cut off. Because to me, it's like integrating the full you. Like, this is me. This is what I want. This is, you know, where I'm going. This is where I'm vulnerable. I like you. I would like this to work. Where are you at? And like being the whole package, it's not, I don't know. It's just there's something, there's something really satisfying about watching men go through the program and then yeah being like I want to choose I choose something else I don't want to do that sort of toxic dance mm-hmm. I was doing before like that's not exciting to me anymore and it's not like they had to force themselves to will themselves it's just like I think I've kind of outgrown that totally I think that's the right word for it like outgrown it deeper into themselves oneself that I think just relaxes um, a lot of that I have to be a certain way or win someone over that you know, there's a deeper amount of trust in that, which we often talk to our guys about that. It's like, you, you just get to be yourself, you know, in a lot of ways. And there's, there's ways we help guys do that more quickly and efficiently and powerfully. Um, But when you get into that more free place, which includes your desire, you know, to have a sexual relationship with a woman and have that be a part of the relationship, you know, most um, people want to be in, some kind of sexual relationship, not all people. So she often does too, right? The, the partner you're hoping comes along, 
she wants to know that that's important to you and that you can share that together. Um, so part of this is also just learning to value that in ourselves as well, which is going to help attract a partner who values that, um, that piece even more is too. Um, and so, you know, the, the thing I just really want to say to guys is like, it's okay. It's okay to honor yourself and to do self-care and to not have to stay your friend. It doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't it all make you a bad person? Oftentimes, um, women will understand. Oftentimes, you know, these things go both ways. There's going to be times you're going to have to tell someone, hey, I'm just not interested in that. And then they may be like, oh, okay, then, you know, I'm going to need to just cut things off a little bit. And it's like, okay, I totally understand that. That makes sense. I'm not, I don't think you're a bad person because of that, right? Um, it's like, I, I can respect you need to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And I think just giving yourself permission, guys, to know that you don't have to keep investing that energy. And in fact, um, when situations like this do happen, you know, it's actually a great time to take that energy and invest it in yourself. So that's, you know, that's the kind of Aikido move there. Maybe you've been chasing a crush or a friend or an on and off again, or trying to stay with an ex because, you know, uh, we work with guys that are just nice guys. We don't want to be dicks. We don't want to hurt people. It's hard to reject people, you know, all these different reasons, but that um, it's okay to not do all that, to take care of yourself, honor yourself. And you're not a bad person if you don't stay friends with her. I mean, mic drop. That's i like, I think we should wrap there. Cause I don't think there's a lot more to add in terms of, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to not, not stay friends with her. Um, if you are interested in learning more about our work, you can go to evolutionary.men slash training. And we have a free training there, which is a great way if you're looking to go a bit deeper than the podcast. And we will catch you next time.